Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Jacob Billings. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Billings. So here with us today is Cheyenne Maltaji, who is an Iranian-American student at Northeastern. He is currently studying industrial engineering, is an avid problem solver, and hand-in-hand with problem solving are his personal projects, with his current one being a social business helping people experiencing homelessness. So glad to have you on the podcast, Shai. Glad to be here, Jacob. So my first question for you is, what are the career paths you're currently considering? Well, having studied industrial engineering, I really gave it a lot of thought before getting into college in the first place. So that will always remain an option for my career paths. But really, the reason that I went into that field to begin with was to get experience working with data or in a business-related field which would be industrial engineering, to hopefully one day get into data analytics. So, for example, this morning I was submitting an application for CarGurus for May 2020 when I graduate, and the position was a data analytics position. And then in terms of longer career path, what I'd ideally be looking for would be a startup. And then just based on my hobbies, I really enjoy film producing. So that's going to remain a hobby unless it gains enough traction for it to become a career path. But yeah, the three things that I've kind of been considering, data analytics, maybe someday hopefully a startup of my own, or even film producing. That's super cool to hear. So just based on what you said, what I took away from that is that obviously you study industrial engineering and you decided to do that because you get to work with data and business. And as you just mentioned, the three things potentially data analytics, be involved with some sort of startup, hopefully your own, and then film producing. It'd be pretty cool to see if you could tie all those three together. But why do you think they're a fit for you? Well, from a very young age, I've just always been really creative. And I've always been kind of trying to solve problems. Like in high school, I was just in a small class of maybe 13 people. And I was the only person that enjoyed math. And the reason for that was just really to get to solve those problems. And I guess I just take a lot of satisfaction in having outcomes to have a problem and then come up with a solution. So for me, really any career path, and that's also like things besides the three things that we've mentioned already, that involves problem solving or creativity in any shape or form, that's all I'm in for. Engineering, for instance, is just synonymous to problem solving. It's the field of problem solving. Or the startup world just requires creative solutions to societal problems or people's needs. Again, that's something that I was just attracted to as a young student or as a soon-to-be young professional. And then I guess anything that's artistic, I've always also really been attracted to. So I play musical instruments and I draw, I create short movies and everything. I'm into animation. So all just my expressions of creativity and any career path covering creativity or problem solving is something that I think I'd be interested in pursuing. 
that's super cool to hear, right? Because whenever people think about engineering, they think about something really technical. But as you just mentioned, it really is just using your creativity to you know, solve problems. Can you talk more about that? Just because I find it quite interesting. Actually, let me give you an example. So next semester, I'll be a senior at Northeastern University, which means that I will be having my senior project called the Capstone Project in the Industrial Engineering Department. Usually professors just come up with projects and then you go see which project seems appealing to you. But for very few cases per year, you can actually develop your own project. And that's something that I started doing and that I'm working on currently, actually meeting two professors next week to pitch my project to. I was on the commuter rail about a week ago in Boston, and I just thought, oh my God, this is so inefficient. Every single stop, this entire train with a huge mass has to speed up and then stop fully just for people to get on and off. So I designed a concept that circumvents the need for the train to stop. It's something about adding wagons or cars, train cars, and then dropping them at each station so that the majority of your mass can just stay in motion. And this would be an expression of how problem solving is just part of who I am. Because when I sit on a commuter rail, I get annoyed at small things and I try to think of solutions to that. And then when it eventually comes up, I try to take it and turn it into an opportunity. Now, I knew that my capstone project would be coming up. So I actually started reaching out to the deputy director of research and development at the MBTA, which is the commuter rail system thing in Boston for the listeners that aren't familiar with the MBTA. And she actually replied to me and we're meeting on the 30th to go over my project proposal. And hopefully all this falls into place. Even if it doesn't, I still get the satisfaction of knowing that I came up with a solution to a problem and then I wanted to look more into the research aspect of things and putting numbers on exactly how much more efficient the system can become. But if it doesn't work, still the satisfaction's there. That's super cool to hear. Currently, I'm in San Francisco. And for the listeners that don't know already, I'm from London, right? So in London, we have the famous tube system that stops off at every stop. But obviously, there are times when no one gets off. Um, Compare that to San Francisco, where they have the little string that's on the side of these trains, and people just pull down when there's a stop, right? And so it's just those little things like that, that help us solve these solutions. And so when you were talking about that, that definitely came up. Wait, you don't have that in London? You bits. <laughs> um, you briefly touched about getting experience for this capstone project. One of the questions that we use here is, what are you doing to prepare to get experience? And you touched a bit about that. But can you just give us some more examples You know, as to how an industrial engineer like yourself can just build up their resume so that they can eventually get the career that they want to pursue? Yeah, of course. For me, one thing that actually got me to apply to Northeastern University and to finally accept coming here is their co-op program, which is basically enabling internships in between your study. I think internships are so important to have while you're a student, just because you set yourself apart from all of the other people that are not doing as many internships. And the more significant your internships are, the better it looks on your resume. It sounds intuitive, but I'm just shocked at the number of people that I know that end up graduating with zero experience and 
it's a sad thing to see, really. Yeah. Besides that, I think certifications are definitely a go-to thing. It just further helps set yourself apart. And you just learn so much by trying to specialize into certain fields. So like go, spend the time. It's maybe 40 hours, up to 100 hours to get a certification in Excel. And it's going to set you so much ahead in your personal goals, in your career goals and everything. And then the final thing that I can think of right now is just doing things. Like be proactive. If you go out and do something, something good will happen. It's called proactive serendipity. It basically bases on the concept that if you stay at home, the most that's going to happen is you're relaxing. Nothing good will happen. Whereas if you go out, even walk in a park, you might come across someone and start a conversation and they end up being the chief marketing officer of X firm and you're really into marketing. So they actually are really interested in the kind of person you are and that eventually builds up to a connection that you will five years down the road leverage to get a position at that X company. These things really seem like small changes to normal behaviors, but I think they have the potential to have a very large impact and they're really worthwhile. Yeah, you know, I'm a Northeastern student as well. And we are very lucky that we have the co-op program, right? Because with me, if I do a five-year program, I can have three six-month internships on my resume and it's amazing. But a lot of people out there, they go to colleges where they don't have that internship structure. What would you recommend for someone in that situation? I guess my recommendation would be, again, to like go for the internship. Even if your school doesn't have a program, it makes it easier for you. Just look at places, start applying ahead of time. Even if it's for a two-month internship, it's just something to start off with that really shows that you're thoughtful about your career goals. And as an 18-year-old or just a student that just started getting involved in building themselves up for a career path, that you really care. Right. And that you just go that extra mile. That makes a lot of sense. It's also interesting because currently I am studying design for the first time in San Francisco. And yesterday we went to IBM to visit a Northeastern alum who is a designer at IBM. And she recommended us that obviously if you're a designer, you want a big portfolio, right? So she said, if you come across a bad design, be it an app, be it a website, a product, whatever the case might be, just for free, create the design that you would want to do, right? They've given us all these frameworks as to how we can design, right? Use that effectively to build them up a project, right? Then contact that company, contact that big thing and say, hey, this is something that I've been working on for the past couple of weeks. I really feel that you're leaving money on the table. Here's a design, right? And you just build that relationship with them and you lead with value. Another good example for me personally is that I'm trying to build up my marketing agency. So of course you can cold call people, but the only issue with that is that people have these barriers when it comes to cold calling. Not to mention that obviously it takes a lot of practice to get good at cold calls. So all I would do is I would just continue to send these various companies audits about their digital marketing. And from that, I've been able to set up a couple of calls for this week and potentially sign some new clients, right? So when you talked about that, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Another example would just be what I've done. I think it was actually earlier this morning, actually. So I had reached out to the Deputy Director of Research and Development at the MBTA on LinkedIn, and she turned out to accept me as a connection and wrote a very nice letter saying that she would be open to further discuss this opportunity. 
So knowing that I had kind of a short deadline until I'm meeting the professors next week, I took the liberty to call her at her office. I actually went through so many different channels, but I really put myself out there. And once you do, you eventually reach the people you're trying to reach. And when you are motivated about making something happen, then the people that you're trying to collaborate with will appreciate your effort and help you with it. And going off on that point, I would also just say for our listeners, one thing that you can really do is just break down these long-term things into daily tasks. So for me, that thing was send 10 code audits every single day. And then I knew that signing a new client is just a numbers game. And if I continue to send out 10 audits for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, months, etc., that I would be able to sign a client because it literally is just a sales funnel. And I think people should treat getting experience as such, right? So reach out to various people and say, you know, hey, how can I help you for free? And if you just treat it like a numbers game, some percentage of those people will want your help. And you just go from there. Yeah, nothing happens unless you put yourself out there. That's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned by just trying new projects and then failing at them just because I gave up without ever trying them. It's something you learn. And I hope that some of the listeners can just straight up take that advice and do big things with it. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I really would just say again is break it down into a daily task, right? Headspace, a meditation app, it's great because it gives you the daily accountability. Find something where you can just do one thing each day and you know that that will really help gain your experience. So, Shai, one question I have for you is, how do you feel about entering the working world? You said that you're a rising senior, you're about to graduate. What scares you about graduation and going into the real world? I'm both so excited and then so terrified. Like (laughs) Your two last questions just hit the point. What excites you and then what scares you? It's really both. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that really excites me about starting to work would be to hopefully get into a startup environment where I can just put on different hats and exercise my bluff for problem solving in different aspects of an organization to hopefully get a better direction on where I want to take my career in the future. I guess a fear that I would have is to end up with an office job. Somehow it doesn't seem appealing to me personally as a creative person. Like I know it's kind of um, asking for two opposite things because I love working with data, but at the same time, I hate being in an office, although most data jobs require you to be in, in an office. What really excites me is to get into a company where I really love the culture and get to spend time around people that I think are working towards a better cause. So like solving a a true problem in society, like a startup that solves a problem in society, or at least a need. And a fear would be to end up in a huge corporate where my task is very monotonous and is a desk job of um, every day doing the same, same thing. At the end of the day, you do need to pay the bills and you do need some form of employment. And my fear is to have to settle for something that is purely a financial-driven decision and not a passion one at the same time. Right. And I can definitely relate to that because I want to work in the startup world as well. But the only issue is you betting on equity doesn't give you any financial value today. 
it might give you value in five years, 10 years. But as you touched upon, you need to pay the bills today, not in five years, right? And I've done some work with some of these startups outside of college, and they'll just continue to promise equity. But finding that perfect startup for you really is a challenge. Most startups do balance the salary with equity because they do understand that if you're working, you do need to pay your bills and you need some way or form to live. And that in our society is monetary value. But then the equity is also something nice to look forward to, in my opinion. I think it would actually drive me to perform better at work just because I have stake in the company. And if the company does not succeed, then the worth of the stock that I own is basically zero. So it would help me perform better as an employee. Fair enough. Because one of the biggest worries that people who want to go into the startup world have is that we really don't want to trade our time for money. I'm really trying to value my time more than my money. So that just resonated with me as well. Do you have a particular approach that you're going to want to try and follow to build your own startup like we talked about in the beginning? I am aware that most positions are only ever given through connections. So I will have to eventually work on that, which is something that I unfortunately haven't been doing. Just to build up a network within a certain startup community, it's just better my chances of getting into somewhere that I really enjoy working at. But strategies that I've been currently looking at to increase my chances are really getting those certifications out of the way to distinguish myself from other applicants and spending a decent amount of time just keeping up with different industries, listening to podcasts really. And looking at our built in Boston, really startup focused to see what kind of new companies are starting to pop up, which ones are doing well, which ones not so much, which ones I would be interested in. I actually keep a tally of, uh, or like an Excel sheet of all companies that I would consider for full time employment. Yeah. I've been to some networking events this week and something that came up was I met with a design agency founder and he said that the most beneficial thing he did to kind of build up his startup was just find an expert, find a mentor, and then get them involved in the company as an advisor, right? I'm lucky that I have several mentors that I can really reach out to and rely on. But more than that, business is about optimally making decisions, right? Similar to engineering, similar to design even, it's ultimately just about finding great solutions to problems. And having someone who has had proven experience in your field and can translate that into your company, it means everything. Because there are so many of these entrepreneurs who just start off by themselves. Ego gets in the way of their performance. I don't want to have a rant about it, but that's also something that comes up to mind. Mm -hmm. I think another important resource is your professors or your parents. If you do go to college, a lot of professors will straight up give you the latest industry advice and really give you key insights and what the future needs of certain companies might be looking like and what to specialize in really or what companies to be looking up. They're super resourceful, but most students just see professors as people that are teaching you. But really, they're just a, a resource for advice, for education, so to actually learn information or also to, to research with. And these are all things that contribute immensely to your profile. Another thing is highly underrated is your parents. I mean, yes, your parents are old and they might be thinking like 30 years ago and you might think that their experience is not relevant nowadays, but your parents do have experience at life. 
And I think certain things in life don't change. And they're definitely a resource that should be leveraged. There's no question to that. Yeah. How have you leveraged your parents? I suppose this piece of advice would be different from person to person because not all parents come from the same type of background. But having grown in a entrepreneurial family where my dad has his own company and my mom had her own company and then joined my grandfather's company to help him with his stuff in the chemical business, one of the key resources that I use my mother or uncle for is since they themselves are employers, to ask them straight up, what kind of traits are you looking for in a new engineer as an employee to join the team? That kind of insight is something that I do have the privilege to use that most engineers will probably never have the opportunity to leverage. And I'm actually really thankful for that. No, that's very cool. My final question for you, Shai, is we've already touched upon it, but what are some tangible resources that you look to for guidance, right? You mentioned means that you're getting experience and certifications and whatnot. But for listeners who want to get into the startup space, want to get into industrial engineering, data analytics, the list goes on, what would you recommend them? I guess for this point, I'll just have to summarize all the things that we've touched upon in this entire session, which was very lovely, by the way. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, sir. So resources to look for for guidance, specifically in my field, or more generally also that applies to all fields, would be starting with the last points. Professors and parents always go to, and they can personally offer you guidance. And then if you're looking for more general guidance, there's websites like Built in LA and Built in Boston that are great for looking for new startups or just generally find some kind of podcast that is related to your field. Keep up to date. Listen every day to news that is specific to what you're interested in and get the certifications because the certification is the end result of a course. And the course in and of itself, the education aspect of it, learning what you're interested in, I think is the biggest guidance that you can get because it helps you distinguish between what you as an individual, as a working person want versus what you don't want. Sweet. Well, I think we'll end it there, Shai. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. We've got a lot of valuable insights for our listeners today. I know that I've definitely learned a lot. So thanks for spending some time with me. Oh, man, I enjoyed having this so much. It's great, you know, because I can talk about what I'm currently thinking about. You can talk about what you're currently thinking about. And then we can tie it into this bigger platform as a whole that we're trying to create where we can help people in all different stages. So again, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, man. Of course. Great being here.